بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي الحمد لله last night uh, we were speaking about the ayat from surah Ali Imran and we came up to ayat 103 continuing forward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah 104 وَلْتَكُمْ مِنْكُمْ أُمَّةٌ يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ وَيَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمَ الْمُفْلِحُونَ And there should be a group amongst you who always are going to be inviting towards that which is good and commanding people to do good and forbidding them from evil and they are the successful ones. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about invitation towards khair and يَدْعُونَ إِلَى الْخَيْرِ towards goodness they command what is right and they forbid what is wrong. There needs to be such people amongst the ummah who are taking on the responsibility of amar bil ma'roof in nahi anil munkar in inviting towards the right path, commanding people to do good and forbidding them from evil. And they are the successful ones. A few eyes later, Allah Ta'ala comes back to this topic and we will discuss it further. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says, Wala takunu tafarraqu. And do not become like those who became divided amongst themselves, وَاخْتَلَفُوا and started arguing with themselves. مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ Even after they had received clear evidences from Allah, clear guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, still they divided up amongst themselves and fought with each other. وَأُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for such people, they will be a dreadful torment. Allah Ta'ala once again speaks about division in the Ummah and the harmful effects of that and is inviting us towards unity as we spoke about last night. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that those who are going to be divided among themselves, they will have a dreadful torment. عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ On that day, they will have a dreadful Torment, which day? On the day when many faces will be radiant and shining, and other faces will be blackened and darkened with worry and anxiety. Allah Akbar. This is the day some faces will be radiant. Some faces will be bright, shining, radiant, with light, happy, excited. And other faces will be dark, blackened, and with regret and anxiety and worry. These are the two types of faces Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about on the Day of Judgment. And there are a few ayats in the Quran, a few different places where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the faces on the Day of Judgment. In Surah Al-Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاضِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاضِرَةٌ so on that day some faces will be radiant and fresh and they will be looking at their Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they will be gazing at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having the ultimate joy of looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ila rabbiha nadhira wa wujuhun yawma idhin basira 
and other faces on that day will be darkened will be in worry and anxiety and they will be sure that an adab will come overcome them and they will be scared of that adab terrified horrified of that adab that is coming their way so these are the conditions of the faces on the day of judgment and we of course beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the bottom of our heart that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes our faces radiant on that day and protects us from the worry of that day moving forward the third place where the faces are mentioned are in surah abasa in the 30th para when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَإِذَا جَاءَتِ الصَّاخَةِ when the screech of the day of judgment will take place يَوْمَ يَفِرُ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ in that day the a brother will run away from his brother وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ will run away from his mother and father every person will be running away from their relatives and their near and dear ones of the world they'll be running away from them وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ and they will run away from their wives and their children لِكُلِّ مِرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ شَأْنٌ يُهُنِيهِ Every person on that day will have such a terrible condition that will turn him away from everyone else. And he'll be worried only about himself. Some wujuh, some wujuh is the plural of wajhun, means some faces on that day will be radiant, shining, laughing, Enjoying the blessings of the uh, of of uh, the akhirah and the happiness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and the other faces will be darkened with sorrow and regret, and they are the faces of the kafaratul fajara, of the disbelievers and the sinners. So, in Ali Imran, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says, "Yom some faces will be brightened, and wataswadu some faces will be blackened. As for those whose faces are blackened, Allah Ta'ala will say, Akafaratum ba'da imanikum. Did you disbelieve in Allah after the iman was presented to you? Fadhukul adhaba bima kuntum takfurun. So taste now the adhab of that which you used to deny. Wa ammal ladhina biyaddat wujuhuhum. And whosoever's faces, those people whose faces will be bright and shining on that day, Fafi rahmatillah. They will be in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Hum fiha khalidun They will remain therein forever Allah Akbar So those who are in the mercy of Allah Those whose faces are radiant and shining They are in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And this is not the temporary mercy that will go away They don't have to be afraid of losing it Hum fiha khalidun They will remain in it forever insha'Allah Tilka ayatullahi natluha alayka bilhaq These are the verses of Allah that we are reciting unto you and this is the ultimate truth, Bilhaq. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not intend to wrong anyone and oppress anyone. There is no injustice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to Allah belongs everything in the heavens and the earth. And towards Allah all the matters return. Then Allah Ta'ala mentions in the next ayah, Ayah 110, Kuntum khayra ummatin. You are the best of all nations. You are the best of all nations. This ummah has been granted this title as Khairul Umam, the best of all nations. Subhanallah, our Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the best of all the prophets. 
and our book is the best of all the heavenly books and our sharia is the best of all the sharia and this ummah is the best of all ummah kuntum khaira ummatin and what is the unique aspect of this ummah that has granted it this title ukhrijat linnas you have been selected for the benefit of mankind you have been selected to benefit others in the past the nations used to just do ibadah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship allah and they were not commanded to invite towards good and forbid evil and to do the work of the anbiya if they did the work of the anbiya and invited towards the right path that was an additional ibadah that was additional form of worship that was an additional uh, good deed that they were be committing and they would be rewarded for that but they were not obligated to do it because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was still sending other anbiya alayhim salam when the, uh, there was a need to revive the effort of da'wah then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send the next prophet and this continued all the way to rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and our beloved prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the last of the prophets no more prophet is going to come allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ma kana muhammadun aba ahadin min rijalikum walakin rasulullah wa khatamun nabiyyin he is the messenger of allah and he is a seal of the prophets rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself said ana khatamul anbiya la nabiyya ba'di i am the seal of the prophets no prophet will come after me so since no other prophet is going to come to continue the effort of da'wah this ummah was given the responsibility to do the effort of the anbiya not only do their own ibadah but to become ambassadors of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and invite the rest of the creation towards allah this is the reason why this ummah has been has been granted the title of khairul ummah the best of nations and that is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here ukhrijat linnas khair right after he said khaira ummah you are the best of the nations you have been selected for the benefit of mankind and what is your task what is your job what is your responsibility ta'muruna bil ma'ruf you invite towards good wa tanhauna 'anil munkar and you forbid from evil wa tu'minuna billah and you believe in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the scholars mentioned that the first condition before you do anything is you have to have your own belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you cannot take any step further without iman without iman all of the good deeds that a person may do are going to be waste if a person is inviting towards good and forbidding from evil and doing all of these effort of da'wah and other acts uh, and social work but he does not have iman does not believe in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then all of that is in vain and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about such people that qul hal nunabbiukum bil akhsarin a'mala shall we not tell you who are the greatest losers with respect to a'mal on the day of judgment who will be in the greatest loss greatest loss they will be suffering the greatest loss alladhina dalla sa'yuhum fil hayati dunya they are those whose worldly efforts that they made are all gone to waste on the day of judgment wa hum yahsabuna annahum yuhsinuna sun'a and they were under the perception they had this idea that they are doing good deeds and they will be rewarded for it they were looking forward to reward it's not that they were committing sins they were actually doing good deeds but their good deeds are not going to help them it's going to all go to waste the people will be bringing mountains of good deeds but it will be turned into dust and it will not have any weight in the scales of justice why is that because they did not have iman or they did not have ikhlas so without iman nothing is of value So iman is the first prerequisite precondition before anything yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over here 
reverse the order and he said ta'muruna bil ma'ruf then he says watanhauna 'anil munkar and then he says watu'minuna billah that you are the best of the nations you have been selected for the guidance of mankind and you do three things he says first ta'muruna bil ma'ruf you invite towards good and then he says number 2 watanhauna 'anil munkar you forbid that which is wrong and number 3 he says watu'minuna billah and you believe in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so really the scholars would start scratching their head why is iman mentioned last when it's supposed to be first should be normally logically you would imagine that you believe in allah number 1 and after believing in allah you invite towards truth and you forbid falsehood why is it that inviting towards truth and forbidding wrong is mentioned first and iman on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned last and the reason is because in this particular ayah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is highlighting why this ummah has been granted the title of khairul ummah the best of all nations it is not based on the fact that they believe in allah because as far as iman billah is concerned believing in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is concerned this iman billah was found in the previous nations the nation of musa alayhi salam also believed in allah the nation of ibrahim alayhi salam believed in allah the nations of the past anbiya alayhi salam the disciples of isa alayhi salam also believed in allah the hawariyin of isa alayhi salam uh they made dua in the quran their words are mentioned uh when allah when isa alayhi salam said kunu ansar allah qala al hawariyun nahnu ansar allah amanna billah that they said we be, we are the helpers of allah amanna billah we believe in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so iman billah is a common denominator it is a common factor it is not unique to this ummah so that is why the particular aspect which is unique for this ummah which is the reason why this ummah has been granted the title of the best of nations is mentioned first and that is the responsibility to invite towards truth and the responsibility to forbid from wrong this noble task of the anbiya ali musallam for which the great prophets ali musallam used to be sent was given to the ummatis of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam so each and every single one of us man and woman male and female and brothers and sisters we all have this responsibility to not only have concern about our own ibadah about our own akhlaq about our own aqeedah correcting our belief correcting our actions but we also have to become agents of positive change and bring about a change in the environment around us and be concerned about inviting towards truth through our actions through our interactions with others through our character and in whatever way possible when we meet with people and we invite them towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most appropriate manner and we forbid and stop people from committing sins rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said man ra'a minkum munkaran whoever amongst you sees a sin being committed falyughayyirhu biyadihi let him change it with his hand let him stop the perpetrator and the sinner fa illam yastati' if he is not able to stop it with his hand fabidisani let him speak out with his tongue and stop the person with his tongue فَإِلَّمْ يَسْتَطِعْ If he cannot even do that فَبِقَلْبِهِ Then let him regard it as evil in his heart وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ And this is the weakest level of Iman This is the weakest level of Iman To regard it evil in the heart نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ What that means is When the sin is being committed If someone is not even feeling the pinch in the heart And is not even hurt by the disobedience of Allah The Master of the world The Sovereign And the Sunnah of Rasulullah Is being abandoned and the heart is not feeling the pain of that then there is a danger about the iman what is the level of iman because rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam 
use a superlative degree and said al iman the weakest level of iman is to feel it in the heart despite the fact that a person cannot speak up with his tongue cannot act with his hands and stop it but at least he feels it evil in his heart and he feels bad in his heart this is the lowest level of iman this is what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said idha amilat al khati'atu fil ard when the sin is committed on the land faman shahidaha wa karihaha the one who was physically present there but he disliked it from his heart he was upset by it and he asked allah ta'ala for protection from it shahidaha wa karihaha he was physically present but he disliked it kana kaman ghaba anha he will be counted as not present there as if he was away from that scene as if he is he has no relation with that sin whatsoever no connection with that sin he will be innocent of that sin and he will not have any account in his account the burden of witnessing that sin kana kaman ghaba anha he will be considered as ghaib as absent from that scene woman ghaba anha and whoever was physically absent from that scene وَرَضِيَهَا but he is pleased with that sin he is happy about it he is okay with it كَانَ كَمَنْ شَهِدَهَا he will be considered as someone who was physically present there he will also bear the evil effect of that sin so we have to remind ourselves that this is our responsibility in whichever way possible to engage in the effort of da'wah this is not an option for this ummah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O my Prophet, this is my way that I invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ala basiratin, with conviction, with belief, ala basira, with unwavering uh, yaqeen, and, and conviction, basira. Ana wa tabani. This is my way, and the way of whomsoever follows me. Whoever follows me, he also invites towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَنْ اِتَّبَعَنِي And whosoever follows me, it is also his responsibility. Just like it is my responsibility to invite towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is highlighted in this ayah. And this is a very important ayah in the Quran. Wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this responsibility. We have to question ourselves. How far are we fulfilling this? In what way are we inviting towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When we ourselves are so weak. Let us uh, make sure that we do not regard ourselves as uh, as uh, not responsible as free from re- any responsibility and just worry about ourselves rather we have to awaken to this reality that we are responsible for ourselves and for the greater community we have dual responsibility may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to fulfill this moving forward allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then speaks about the battle of badr in the battle of Uhud and different ayats regarding that uh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down his angels وَلَقَدْ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ بِبَدْرٍ وَأَنْتُمْ أَذِلَّةٍ Allah indeed helped you on the day of the battle of Badr when you were in a difficult situation فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ Fear Allah so that you may be grateful servants of Allah and then Allah ta'ala says uh, He said يُمِدَّكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ بِثَلَاثَةِ أَلَافٍ مِّنَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ He sent down 3,000 angels one angel would have been sufficient to wipe them all out the enemy but he sent down 3,000 just to show his support for the believers and thereafter Allah Ta'ala increased it 5,000 angels he sent down and this is a means as a glad tidings it is a glad tiding for you 
So your hearts can gain comfort That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you This was the historic battle of Badr When there were only 313 believers And this is the day that is known as, is known as Yawm al-Furqan Yawm al-Taqal Jama'an The day of the criterion When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established the supremacy of Rasulullah In the deen of Islam Over the enemies of Islam Over the mushrikeen Then moving forward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us about a very important commandment that deals with our finances, with, with our economy. As Islam also has rules that govern our economy and our finances and how we earn and spend money. That is a part of our, our deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deen is not limited to ibadat and worship within the confines of the masjid. Rather, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends to our families, to our social life, and also with respect to how we earn and how we spend. Our financial aspect of the deen is there as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu. Oh, those who believe, la ta'kulu riba do not engage in uh, usury, in interest-bearing transactions. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that you may be successful. This is such a major, major crime. Riba, riba and interest is such a major crime that unfortunately in the current situation that we are in in the economic economic situation everyone with a few exceptions are involved in it in some way or, or form or or manner and this is such a sin that is so hard to abstain from but at the same time we have to remind ourselves and and it's very rare that that we speak about it and um, we actually need to continue to raise awareness regarding the enormity of this sin it is our responsibility as Allah Ta'ala just mentioned we spoke about earlier munkar. your responsibility is to forbid that which is wrong so it is our responsibility and, I, and as I pass this ayah I did not want to skip it because we rarely speak on this topic Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya amanu la riba likewise Allah Ta'ala says at the end of Surah Al-Baqarah Ya riba O oh, those who believe Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And leave whatever Interest bearing transactions You may still be involved in Ma baqiya min riba In kuntum mu'mineen If you are true believers Fa'idlam tafa'alu And if you do not do so If you do not If you do not give up Interest bearing transactions And and paying interest Or, or receiving interest Fa'idlam tafa'alu If you do not do so Fa'adhanu biharbim min Allahi wa rasulih then prepare to engage in war against Allah and His Rasul. Then prepare to engage in war against Allah and His Rasul. There is no other crime, no other sin in the entire Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has termed it as war against Allah and His Rasul. The only sin that in the entire Quran such strong language has been used such strong verbiage such strong wording such uh, uh, such wording that should cause shivers up our spine and should make us tremble in fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and should bring us to our senses is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used the word that whoever engages in this sin is engaging in war against Allah and the Rasul how can the one who engages in war against Allah and his Rasul Harbim min Allahi wa Rasuli. Harb means war. Who can ever be successful in their life, in their dunya, or in the akhirah? 
who is engaging in war against Allah and Rasul. And this is the situation of the Muslims, not only in the non-Muslim lands, in the lands of the Kuffar, but also in the Muslim countries, in the Muslim lands. Throughout the world, we are all, we are all indebted to this financial system, this global financial system that has uh, shackled us, that has chained us, and not only at an individual level, at the nation level, country level, global level, all the nations, the Muslim countries are also uh, paying interest and locked in, in interest-bearing loans. And from the top down, the entire Muslim society is involved in this sin. Illa masha Allah, except for those few souls who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved them from his fadl from this sin. There are those who are the awliya of Allah, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> that are saved from falling into this sin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to wake us up and to give us the tawfiq to make tawbah. Give us the tawfiq to make tawbah and repent from this sin before it is too late. In this month of Ramadan, let us make sure that that we make tawbah of all the haram income that we may be earning. And we change our ways of earning, change our ways of spending, change our ways of saving and investing. This is a definite part of our deen. Let us not become like the Qawm of Shu'aib salam, uh, who scoffed at and mocked their Nabi Shu'aib salam, And they said, what happened to you? How dare you tell us how to spend our money? They said, As-salatuka ta'muruka an-natruka ma ya'budu aba'una aw an-naf'ala fi amwalina ma nasha'u what in the world happened to you why have you gone mad why have you gone crazy what is wrong with you maybe it's the salah that you're performing you're praying too much and this praying too much has caused you to lose your mind how dare you tell us two things the salah that you're performing this has confused you this has made you crazy There's, this is the people saying these are the same people who are destroyed very soon afterwards. That we should give up the idols that our forefathers used to worship. You want us to give up worshipping the same idols of our forefathers? Number two, And you want us to stop dealing with our money the way we want? We deal with our money the way we want. And you want to stop us and tell us this is halal and haram and this is permissible and impermissible. Who gave you that right? How dare you suggest that? So this was the attitude of the Qawm of Shu'aib and they were destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a common under, uh, feeling and perception of people that when it comes to how to calculate zakat, like you will have the fiqh of zakat seminar, people want to learn and ask questions. When it comes to fiqh of fasting, we have all the, the seminar, people ask questions. When it comes to fiqh of salah, people want to learn how to perform salah correctly. When it comes to hajj and umrah time, people want to learn how to perform hajj correctly, hajj seminar. We have the annual hajj seminar, annual zakat seminar, annual fasting seminar. All of these fiqh people appreciate when it comes to ibadat, when it comes to forms of worship. We have the understanding, we need to learn. We need to ask questions. But when it comes to mu'amalat, dealings, when it comes to and buying and selling, when it comes to transactions, finances, earning and spending, then we don't feel the need that we need any Sharia guidance. And we need to know what Allah has made halal and haram. 
we have other financial consultants we have the worldly consultants will tell us this is how you diversify your portfolio these are the different types of you know low risk investments maybe low yield but low risk it's in, it's interest based investment you can you know invest in this in bonds in this and that they will be giving us different advices and we will be taking those advices it never crosses our mind that what about the sharia does the sharia have anything to say does it play any role with regards to finances such an important seminar that we were holding on this topic since i mentioned that we have an annual zakat seminar that's coming up on sunday annual you know fiqh fasting which we had fiqh tarawih which we had fiqh juma that we had all of these seminars we had one whole seminar talking about fiqh fasting was a couple of different wednesdays we had so all of these programs we had so and then you know you might rightfully ask me that why don't you guys do a fiqh finance too so we actually had it and we had a guest speaker mufti abrar mirza all lined up it was supposed to be a friday night seminar as uh, and and uh, a workshop a detailed workshop for several hours on the following saturday so it was a two part friday night seminar followed by the workshop on saturday but then this coronavirus came and that whole seminar got canceled not canceled inshallah but postponed so we will have it again very soon after this uh, pandemic is uplifted by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and allah ta'ala grants us afia and return to normalcy normalcy and and the masajid are opened up inshallah so we have to learn about what is halal and haram when it comes to earning and spending if a person has halal income 100% halal income but then he goes and buys non zabiha meat and haram meat and they cook a meal and they break their iftar on that subhanallah what's going to happen they're eating the haram food the whole day is fast the thawab is gone that they they're breaking their fast on haram food with the halal money he bought haram meat and everyone will understand you know if you go buy naud billah something that is agreed upon that's haram like khinzir khinzir means pork swine harimat alaykum maytatu wa damu wa lahm al khinzir allah taala made it haram in the quran it's very clear so somebody goes and buys pork and and uh, and uh, fasted the whole day did not have a sip of water did not eat anything but iftar has roast pork roast pig or ham or bacon what is the situation what is the ruling regarding that fast the thawab is gone so imagine how haram that is likewise equally haram is a person buys 100% hand slaughtered by muslim with bismillah allah akbar zabiha meat 100% halal meat or forget the meat even vegetables which are 100% halal and he brings it home and everyone is eating that for iftar but guess what the money that he used to buy those vegetables the money he had used to buy the rice and and whatever went into the dish that was cooked if the money was from haram income then that food is equally haram with haram money you buy halal things or with halal money you buy haram things either way bottom line is uh, at the end of the day the meal would be haram to consume and that is why in surah al-baqarah where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about the month of ramadan shahr ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-qur'an the 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 passage the ruku' where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about fasting ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu kutiba alaykum as-siyam kama kutiba ala alladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattaqun all those who believe fasting has been prescribed upon you 
like it has been prescribed upon people prior to you so that you may obtain taqwa etc ayyama ma'dudat few days that can be counted these are very famous ayat that we hear about in Ramadan in the same passage at the end Allah Ta'ala says wala ta'kulu amwalakum baynakum bil batil wa tudlu biha ila al-hukam litaakulu fariqan min amwal an-nas bil ithmi wa antum ta'lamun Allah Ta'ala speaks about halal income and halal eating wala ta'kulu amwalakum baynakum bil batil don't you know eat haram don't eat from haram so the scholars of Sirius say why is this mentioned here at the end the reason is mentioned here is that the entire day if you abstain from halal because you're fasting even halal water you don't drink then you break your fast on haram you will lose the thawab that is what Allah Ta'ala is saying make sure you eat halal so in this month of Ramadan there are so many different haram forms of income that we have we do not even know we didn't even bother to ask and to to figure out and to find out if we are involved in any of them then we need to make toba. first of all we need to learn we need to ask we need to find out and after we find out we need to make toba. we need to make an exit strategy and how to get out from haram income and, and, and to make our lifestyle halal sharia compliant this is one of the major questions that will be asked on the day of judgment as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said لا تزال قدم عبد يوم القيامة that no one will be allowed to move from his place on the day of judgment لا تزال قدم عبد the feet of the human being عبدن, the slave will not be able to move from his position from his place on the day of judgment حتى يسأل عن أربع until the, he answers four questions عن عمره فيما أفناه how did you spend your life وعن شبابه فيما أبلاه specifically the portion of your life in which you have the greatest physical strength and you are at your peak your youth how did you spend your youth وعن علمه وعن ماله من أين اكتسبه وفي من فقه and regarding the money عن ماله the mal the wealth how did you earn it and how did you spend it how did you earn it and how did you spend it وعن علمه ماذا عمل به and how much knowledge of deen did you acquire and how much of that knowledge did you practice upon how much knowledge of deen did you acquire and how much of that knowledge that you acquired did you practice upon so these are important fundamental questions that will be asked on the day of judgment we need to prepare for that day so this is a reminder for all of us may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all sinful transactions and purify our income grant us halal risk Grant us halal risk. Allahumma kfina bi halalik an haramik. Allah grant us so much halal in abundance that we don't have to ever even look at haram. Wa aghnina bi fadlika amman siwaka. And oh Allah, with your fadl and grace, make us independent of all of your creation. That we don't need to beg anyone. We don't need to turn towards anyone. We don't need to have any expectations from anyone. We only trust in you and rely on you and look forward to receiving from you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our duas. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين